Welcome back, dear friends, to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. Today we continue the reading of Srimad Bhagavata Mahapurana, Tritiya Skandha, or Book 3, Discourse 15, which is Sanaka and his three brothers pronounce a curse against Jaya and Vijaya. Maitreya resumed. Apprehending trouble to the gods at the hands of the expected sons, Diti retained in her womb for a hundred years the aforesaid seed of Kasyapa, a lord of the created beings, which was powerful enough to put down the enemy's strength. The brilliance of that seed, though cabined in the womb, dimmed the light of all the illuminaries in the world, and the guardians of various spheres too lost their splendor. They therefore complained to Brahma, the creator of the universe, about the spread of darkness in all directions. The gods said, You must be knowing, O Lord, about this gloom of which we are very much afraid. We are sure nothing is hidden from you inasmuch as the range of your knowledge is unaffected by time. O God of gods, O maker of the universe, O crest jewel of guardians of all spheres, you know the mind of all living beings, big and small. Hail, hail to you whose strength is knowledge and who have assumed this four-faced form as well as the quality of rajas by your own maya or playful nature. Your cause being unknown, all the worlds are woven into you, near the whole of this universe consisting of both cause and its effect is your body. Really speaking, however, you are beyond all this. They who contemplate on you, the creator of all jivas, with exclusive devotion, having controlled their breath, senses and mind, and whose yoga or efforts of self-realization have ripened, cannot meet with discomfiture from any quarter since they have secured your grace. Governed by your word, the Vedas, even as oxen are controlled by a rope, all created beings bear offerings to you by performing their respective duties subject to your control. Therefore, hail to you the chief controller of all, even as the vital breaths control all the organs of the body. People have failed to perform their duties because of this darkness which has rendered it impossible for them to distinguish between night and day. Kindly do that is good to them and be pleased to regard us who are in great affliction with an eye expressing abundant compassion, O infinite Lord. Enveloping all the quarters in darkness, the seed of Kashyapa placed in Diti's womb is developing as fire thrown in a pile of firewood. Maitreya went on. Lord Brahma, the self-born, O mighty-armed Vidura, to whom the above prayer was addressed, laughed at their rank ignorance in praying to him as if he were the supreme deity, and replied in sweet words to the great delight of the gods. Brahma said, My mind-born sons, Sanaka and his three brothers, who are the eldest of you all, went about the various worlds by air, free from attachment to them. Once upon a time, they went to the realm called Vaikuntha of the Lord Vishnu of irresistible might, whose mind and body are purely divine, 
free from the taint of Maya in substance, a realm which is adorned by the stands at the top of all realms, all the people living there endowed with a form similar to that of Lord Vaikuntha or Vishnu himself. And it is attained by those alone who have worshipped Srihari through the disinterested performance of their duty. There, the most ancient person, Lord Narayana, who can be known only through the Upanishads and who is righteousness personified eternally, dwells, having assumed a form which is made of sattva unmixed with rajas, namely sattva which is purely immaterial or divine and delighting us, his devotees. In that realm, there is an orchid called Nahishreyasa, which is beatitude incarnate as if it were, and which is represented with trees that yield all that is desired and are laden with fruits and flowers in every season. Seated in aerial cars with their concerts, the Gandharvas of that realm sing the stories of their master, Lord Vishnu, that are capable of wiping out the sins of the whole world. Even though their mind is distracted by the fragrance of Madhavi flowers or spring flowers laden with honey and blossoming in water, they refuse to be led away by it and censure the breeze carrying the fragrance. When the king of the bees hums in high pitch, singing the story of Srihari as it were, there is a temporary lull in the noise of the pigeon, the cuckoo, the crane, the chakravaka, the chataka, the swan, the parrot, the partridge, and the peacock, who are all ears, as it were, to drink in the bee's song. Seeing that, the Lord adorns his person with wreaths made of leaves of tulasi, the basal plant which is so sacred and dear to him, and also holds its fragrance in great esteem, the flowers of Mandara, Kunda, and Kurabaka, the lily, the Champaka, Arna or Karavira, Punnaga, Naga Kesara, and Bhalluka, the lotus and the Parijata in that realm, though all fragrant recognized that Tulasi did great penance in her previous existence than any of them. That realm of Lord Vishnu is crowned with aerial cars made of lapis, lazuli, emerald, and gold, which are secured as a result of mere obscience at the feet of Srihari and not through karma yoga, jnana yoga, vairagya yoga, or penance. The mind of those who occupy these cars are so full of Sri Krishna or Lord Vishnu that their spouses with large hips and smiling faces are unable to stimulate their passion by their mirth and other charms. Sri, the spouse of Lord Vishnu and the goddess of fortune, who is possessed of most lovely form and whose flavor is sought after by others, including the greatest gods like Brahma and so on, lives in the abode of Sri Hari, free from the fault of Capricorn says, a lotus flower held in her hand as plaything, she is seen reflected in the crystal walls of that palace 
inlaid with gold here and there as if engaged in dusting the house all through really speaking the abode of lord is ever free of dust while engaged in the worshipping of the lord with tulsi leaves in her own pleasure garden in the midst of the, her attendants sri lakshmi happens to see her face with beautiful creases and a prominent nose reflected in the ponds consisting limpid water and providing with stares of corals and deems it fortunate in having been kissed by the lord o beloved gods they can never attain to that realm who hear undesirable talks that prevent reason centering round topics other than the exploits of lord who shatters the sin of his devotees talks which when heard by those unfortunate men rob them of their merit and throw them alas into the dark regions of hell where they find no shelter alas they who do not offer worship to the lord even after attaining human birth which is solicited even by us gods and where one can acquire the knowledge of truths as well as religious merit are deluded by his maya which is projected everywhere on the other hand they alone attain to that realm which is projected everywhere and located even higher than are aboard the satyaloka who have reached beyond the jurisdiction of yama the god of retribution by the virtue of their devotion to lord vishnu the foremost of the gods who are possessed of an enviable character and whose eyes stream with tears and whose body is thrilled all over when they are besides themselves with the love while talking to one another about the glories of the lord the sages sanaka and his three brothers felt supremely delighted when they reached by the dint of their yoga maya or wonderful power of yoga the divine and unique realm of vaikuntha presided over by lord vishnu the father of the whole universe which is the sole object of reverence for all the worlds and shown resplendent with the wonderful aerial cars of the foremost gods having passed through the six entrances of the lord's residence without feeling attached to anything they saw at the seventh gate two shining beings of the same age armed with amaze and adorned with most valuable armlets earrings and diadems with a garland of silken flowers which ad- attracted to it a swarm of intoxicated bees placed round their neck and between their four swarthy arms they wore a countenance which looked somewhat agitated from their arched eyebrows disintended nostrils and reddish eyes even while they looked on with their eyes wide open the sages who move about everywhere knowing no obstruction or fear since they indiscriminately regard everyone as their own self entered the gate in charge of those porters just as they had passed through the former gates which were furnished with doors of gold and diamond without asking their permission the four boy sages who had nothing to cover their bodies with except the atmosphere looked for their appearance only 5 years of age even though they were the eldest of brahma's creation and had realized the truth of the self 
but when the porters who happened to possess a disposition which was quite unpalatable to the lord saw the sages passing through the gate guarded by them without taking any notice of their presence they blocked the sages way with their staffs despising their glory although the sages did not deserve such treatment at their hands being thus forbidden by the two chief potters of shrihari while the other divinities of that realm looked on even though they were by far the fittest persons to be admitted into lord's presence their eyes turned slightly red all of a sudden and on account of anger that which follows in the wake of a desire at their longing to see their most beloved friend shrihari being throttled and they spoke as follows the sages said of those who attain to and dwell in this realm as a result of their devoted worship to the lord naturally imbibe the qualities such as even mindedness to their master how is it that you too should have developed such a discordant disposition when the lord is extremely pacific and has no quarrel with anybody there can be none deserving to be suspected by you here on your own analogy who happen to be the only impostors in this realm since you are the impostors yourself you send foul play in others the enlightened inhabitants of this realm do not perceive their non identity with the lord who contains the whole universe in the cavity of his abdomen on the other hand they find themselves comprised in lord even as the space in a jar is included in the infinite space what then has happened to you who are invested with a divine body which has filled you with fear caused by diversity on his account therefore we are contemplating what should be a meet punishment for your sin in order that good may be eventually done to you the two dull-witted servants of supreme being the lord of vaikuntha since you smell diversity even here you go hence to those spheres where the three vicious propensities such as lust anger and greed are once deadly enemies hearing the utterances of the sages and knowing it to be the curse from brahmanas which could not be counteracted even by the multitudes of the missiles the two attendants of shrihari who is afraid of the brahmanas even more than they are immediately prostrated themselves on the ground clasping the sage's feet with great humility you have meted out on us a punishment which is but meet for a offender let it therefore take effect so that it may purge us in toto of the sin of showing disrespect to the lord by insulting you who are worthy of his respect but if you feel the least compunction in your heart due to the compassion for us let us not fall a prey to the infatuation that may efface from our mind the memory of the lord when we descend into the lower regions that very moment the lord whose navel is the seat of a lotus and who is the delight of the righteous 
learnt about the insult thus offered by his own servants to the saints like Sanaka and his three brothers, and went to the spot where the sages had been held up on those very feet which were sought after by the recluses and great sages accompanied by Sri, his beloved spouse. The sages saw that the Lord, who was the goal of their samadhi or profound meditation, had arrived before their very eyes, accompanied by his own attendants who carried articles suited to the visit, such as the umbrella, chauris, and so on. The white umbrella, which was held over his head, looked like the moon with the strings of pearls hanging from its edges and dancing in cool breeze coming from the pair of chauris that were being waved on both his sides and shone like swans, looked like, like drops of nectar falling from its rays. The Lord, who is the repository of all that is worth coveting, was graciously disposed towards all and touched the hearts of his devotees by his affectionate glances. With Goddess Lakshmi, who shone on his swarthy and broad chest in the form of golden streak, he enhanced the beauty, as it were, of his own abode Vaikuntha, the crest jewel of all heavenly worlds. He was adorned with a griddle that shone brightly on the yellow cloth covering his large hips and with a garland of sylvan flowers which was distinguished by the humming of the bees. His lovely wrists were graced with bracelets and he had rested one of his hands on the shoulders of Garuda, the son of Vinata, and was revolving a lotus with another. His countenance was distinguished by cheeks which enhanced the beauty of the alligator-shaped pendant that outshone lightning and a predominant nose, and his head was covered with a crown studded with gems. A charming and superb necklace was hanging between his stout arms, while his neck was adorned with the gem known by the name of Kaustubha. The sages regarded with unsated eyes and joyously bowed their heads to the Lord, who had assumed a personality for himself and for the sake of Brahma and for the sake of Bhava or Lord Shiva and yourselves, the gods, a personality which was full of abundant charm and about which his devotees thought within themselves that Indra's or Lakshmi's excessive pride of beauty disappeared at its very side. The breeze laden with honey of Tulasi blossoms mixed with the dust of the lotus feet of that lotus-eyed lord entered the interiors of those sages through the nose and not only thrilled their body but caused a flutter in their minds too, immersed as they were in the joy of oneness with the absolute and thus above all excitation caused by the sense contacts. Having their heart's desire fulfilled by the sight of his face, which resembled a blue lotus and the beauty of which was enhanced by his still lovelier lips and a smile which shone as a full-blown jasmine flower, they then looked lower down at his feet, which were inlaid as it were with rubies in the shape of ruddy nails and fixed their minds on the same. They now proceeded to extol the Lord 
who is endowed with the eight supernatural powers which are eternally present in him and cannot be acquired by anyone else and who reveals a personality fit to be meditated upon by men seeking to attain their goals through the paths of yoga and which is highly esteemed by them and is the delight of their eyes. The Kumaras said, It is only today, O infinite Lord, that you have appeared before our eyes. You who are hidden from the view of evil-minded, though present in their heart as inner controller, although you have entered our mind through the passage of years when our father Brahma, who owes his existence to you, told us your secret. O Lord, we know you who bring delight every moment to those devotees by your personality, which is constituted of pure sattva to be the highest spiritual truth, which sages free from egotism and passion realize in their hearts through the practice of unflinching devotion learned by your grace. O Lord, your glories are worth recounting and capable of taking men across the ocean of worldly existence. Hence, those wise men who have sought the protection of your feet and know how sweet your stories are prize not even your imperishable boon in the shape of final beatitude, much less other blessings such as the position of Indra and so on, which are ever exposed to fear from your frowns. Even let us by all means be born in the infernal regions as a result of our sins, only if our mind takes constant delight in your lotus-like feet, if our speech, just like the tulasi leaves, derives the grace from your feet, and if the cavity of our ears is filled with the accounts of your manifold virtues. O Lord of wide renown, our eyes have derived excessive joy from the form you have revealed to us. We therefore make obscience to you, the Almighty Lord, who have thus appeared before us, even though you remain hidden from the view of those who have not yet conquered their mind. Thus ends the 15th Discourse, entitled The Curse of Sanaka and Three Brothers Against Jaya and Vijaya in the Book 3 of Great and Glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as the Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you.